You weren't busy. I was very busy. What were you doing? He's mad because I was, he was texting me. He comes home and he's like, ready? And I was like, <laughs> okay, give me like a couple minutes. I have like some things to do. Well, that's not the way it was texted. I was, what did I say? I said, give me a minute. Give me a bit. I said, give me a bit. I said, and give me what a bit. Did and, I say? and a bit I gave you. I mm. gave you a bit. I just, I just was ready, is just all I'm like saying. How, just like how we, we're doing a bit right now before this the podcast. This is not a bit, darling. <laughs> this, this is, is bit. the truth. These are bits. I'm angry. I'm furious. These are, I'm blowing the house up. Okay. okay. The more you try, the less, <laughs> the less effective the bit is. So I think it's believable. I don't think you're really committing to the bit. I'm enough. committing. Hello. Remember when Lisa Left Eye Lopez burned the house down? It'll be Matt, burn the house down. <laughs> That'll be me. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Because I'm going to be so angry that I'm going to burn the house down. Oh, yes. okay. Good. I didn't get that anger from you. Wow. We need to have an acting class when we turn this <laughs> off, don't we? You I know I you would love a Matt Steele-hosted acting class. Oh, God. Is there something I'd want less? <laughs> <laughs> it's like how to be not subtle. <laughs> Welcome back to the Two Gay Nuts Podcast. It's Matt Palmer. It's Matt Steele. And we're back with a brand new episode of the brand new featuring episode. This is we have a moment for us. It's a moment. Danny Pellegrino is a big deal. And if you read the title of this episode, you're going to see that he is a part of the podcast. We have an interview segment, which we will play for you right after the giving you moment. Not giving you moments. Right after um, uh, uh, News for Idiots. Idiots. What's it called? News what's, for a, Idiots. what's our podcast called? It's called Two Gay Mats. I yeah. know that. Uh, and But yes, so we talked to Danny a few days ago. We talked about many things, about Mariah, about Bravo, about, you know, his upcoming book. And we talked about the view. We talked about the view. Yes, and we won't be talking about Meghan McCain just right now, but it'll come up later. It so. comes. I know everyone is just dying to hear our <laughs> our thoughts on on the Meghan McCain right. thing. But how did you feel as an interviewer for the first time? Like, did you feel like we were like Raven Simone and Barbara Walters, kind of? I would say those are very ends of a spectrum <laughs> <laughs> in terms of interviewers. I mean, right. uh, you know, Raven was not on the View for that long, and mm. Barbara Walters literally. An iconic, legendary <laughs> interviewer and a journalist. Yes. Uh, but, you know, maybe Raven can get there one day. All right. Um, but I think I was surprised at how I did. I don't know. I'll yeah. probably listen back and be like, oh, Matt Steele, get it together. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, I tend my I, I tend to wander verbally sometimes. <laughs> and so I was very worried that I was like, oh, no, we're not. I'm not going to be able to like stick no. to the topic at hand or I'm going to make it all about me. You know, I love making it about you me. You do do that. But I don't think I did that. You I didn't think I really. I, I, in editing the the the. Um, audio. There was just one moment I had to cut you back. Oh, okay. <laughs> I feel like you went on about like what you do when watching the view for a bit. Like this is, these are the workouts I do while watching the view, which I don't think were super necessary. But otherwise, but ten you know out what? of ten, it, it was my truth. It was your truth. I did believe you. Oh, I knew that you. that was honest. Yes, so we love that. That's, that's what I do. Ugh. But anyway, how was your week, Matt Palmer? My week was good. Um, I was also on another podcast called Hunting Seasons, and where I, which I talked about uh, the first season of Sex Education for about an hour and a half, and so that was very fun to revisit that show and a very cool host. So you guys should listen to that. Um, and then also on Friday, I woke up and. Was feeling sick. Oh, no. And so, of course, for the long weekend, the first long weekend, you know, in a, a, a minute, mm-hmm. I get my first post-pandemic sickness. And it's First like, long weekend in a minute. We just had Memorial I Day. I know, but that feels like a while ago. Okay. <laughs> I just was ready for, you know, a big summer moment. And, like, I had plans every single day. And I didn't get to go to my friend Joe's house, which I was planning to go to on Saturday. Because I was just like, I need to lie in bed. I need to drink fluids. I need to take a bath. I need mm. to just, like, keep it low-key. And so now I feel like I'm on the up and up. I'm not completely back to 100% yet. But that was a tough moment for me over the week. 
I love it whenever Matt Palmer's like, oh, I'm sick. He always doesn't seem sick at all. (laughs) Like, like. I remember like years ago, like through the years as I've known Matt Palmer, yeah. he'll just, you know, be home from work or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, you're home from work. And he'll be like, yes, I'm sick. <laughs> but he'll still just be like going throughout his day. And I'll be like, you look fine to me. Whereas I am. But it's it's I wouldn't say you get sick frequently, but no. way more frequently than I do. Yes. But when I am when sick, you're sick, I am <laughs> sick. Like it's once every five years. And it's but terrifying. It Truly, is. I've been in the apartment when Matt Steele has been because the thing is. I feel like you get like a softer sick, but you just like don't acknowledge it. You're like, I've decided this is allergies. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you seem a little sick. You're like, nope, it's allergies. No, but it's, when you get like. Because I do get allergies and that's like always what it is. And the allergies tend to like affect my vocal cords. True. But when you get like, I don't even know what it was, but there was one moment in which you were over that toilet. It was, was just food like, poisoning. The thing is, woo! the thing is, it was food poisoning. Okay, now we're getting graphic. It was, this <laughs> no. was probably like six, seven years ago yeah. at this point. I think it was 2014. And uh, I was just feeling insanely nauseous. Mm-mm. And um, I do not throw up. I have not thrown up since 2010. <laughs> um, and... Uh, so I was feeling very nauseous this day in 2014 and I was yes. like, this feels like a food poisoning situation. And, uh, I, you know, could not throw up. Mm-hmm. So I essentially had to like sit in my nausea for like two days. Ugh. It was just horrible. And you didn't even see me over I that toilet. That. You just, I think you were flying home from the airport or yeah. something. And, but you knew that I wasn't feeling well and I was just in my bathroom and you arrived and you just knocked on the door and you were like, are you okay? And I was just yeah. like, <laughs> I just, and he could just feel it through honestly, the wall. Honestly, it's literally like me when I would get mad back in those days and you could Ooh. feel it throughout the whole apartment. That was how, that's what it feels like when Matt Steele's sick. As you walk in the room, it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> it's like, it's like you can feel an earthquake is coming. It's like, oh shit, Matt Steele is sick. Yes. <laughs> it's, and so that's, a, that's the thing is I, 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 my sicknesses are like, oh, I'm going to have a cold. I have a headache and like sneezing for several days. They don't last for terribly long, but they're like, I can continue on with my life. Oh, yeah. Like, I would say like 12 hours later and on, even you were bounced back. Right. I feel. Right. I mean, I'm still not 100%. You look and seem fine. (laughs) I don't You're wearing your little gay floral. I just came back from my boyfriend's parents' house. I had to dress nice. I had to be cute. Okay. Okay. I hope you didn't get them sick. I didn't. We didn't hug. Okay. I was like, I'm a little sick. I'm a little uh, under the weather. I'm a little under the weather. <laughs> exactly. You should have taken one of my rapid COVID tests that I oh. got from, from production. <laughs> oh, they I gave didn't know me you like, had them. Yeah, they gave me a box of like multiple wow. COVID tests that I had to take. And so I have one extra. So if you're ever feeling like it's a COVID situation, I, mean, I have an extra I was test. a little nervous just because I feel like the first time anyone gets a cold after this whole COVID thing, they're just going to assume it's COVID. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, I assume it's not. My, I, I'm breathing <laughs> fine, right? Okay, well, thank you for the <laughs> assumption. Uh, glad I'm living with I mean, yes, but we're both vaccinated. So even if we both get it, we'll fight it and be fine. You can still catch it. Yeah, I know, but then you'll fight it and be fine. You won't have to go to the, even go to the hospital. Yeah. So okay. you're welcome. But, <laughs> thank you so much for all you've done for me. Exactly. As since I did come up with the vaccine. Yes. So I feel like it's time that I come out with it. Um, Matt, how was your week? It was nice. Monday, yes. I shot a role in a short film, uh, which was very fun. I got Love free that. Chipotle, so I can't uh, complain about that. Love that. Um, I don't know. Then the rest of the week was fun. It was a lot of work, 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 work. 
work, as okay. Rihanna would say. Do you still, I feel like you had several days in a row of working. Is that yes. still, are you still in the middle of that? Yes. Mm. It's because a lot of people were requested off this week, this past oh. week. So, and we're very understaffed now because lots of restaurants are uh, at the moment. And so I just work, 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 work. Still don't know those lyrics. We'll never need to know those lyrics. I was, I've never been more wrong about a song in terms of like my predicting how successful it would be. Yes. I, I heard that song and I was like, this isn't going to be a hit. Guess what, guys? Honestly, <laughs> at that point, Rihanna could have put out anything. And I feel like that point is about now as well. It's like people want Rihanna so badly that like she mm. can come out just about anything. Yeah, that chat. sounds about right. You and know? now, you know, I it's not that I hated the song when I first heard it. Yeah. I was kind of just like, oh, this feels underwhelming. Right. It has grown on me as the years have gone yeah. on. I, I think it was just because that was the uh, beginning of... Uh, a, a very lazy time musically, yes. like a very like lazy vocal and like laid back feel was new at that point. Right. And I didn't know we were entering a point in time where all the hits would sound like that. <laughs> right. So Rihanna knew. She did. She, she was knew ahead was of the curve. Cool. Um, yeah. And then I, Fourth of July, I went to my friend Arthur's a little bit during the day mm. uh, for like a little party. And that was nice. And then I went to work after that. Oh my <laughs> and gosh. Just, and I was working today. And oh my gosh, workaholic over here. I, I mean, you know. It's it's called being an American. I'm celebrating America <laughs> by participating in our economy. That's true. Capitalism. Yes. Capitalism. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, okay, so I guess honestly, this podcast is just going to be about Britney updates for a while. But uh, so, did you read the Ronan Farrow Gia Tolentino article that came out about the conservatorship? And they wrote an article for what was it for the New Yorker? Maybe. No. Yes. What the hell? How have I not heard that Ronan Farrow has written an article about Britney Spears? It came out in the past, like in the past couple of days. I feel like a lot of it was stuff that she kind of told us about in the um, the testimony. But it did come out that Britney Spears on June 22nd, the day before this whole hearing, Britney Spears called 911 <gasps> to report herself a victim of conservatorship abuse. <gasps> And like police were dispatched. I think the actual 911 call is currently sealed because I'm sure Jamie's people and his lawyers want it sealed. But the it basically set off a firestorm in Team Brittany and they were all texting each other about like, what are we going to do if she goes rogue? And it's like, guys, what do you think she's going to say? Like, it's not going to be positive. Hello. Yeah. So that was a big thing that came out of that. A, a lot of it was about like, oh, we're interviewing people who... Like we're on the stand and saying that Britney needed a conservatorship at the time and being them being like, I never thought I was told this would be for a couple of months. Lynn (gasps) thought it was going to be for a couple of months. I thought I was helping her and I just was giving like a corrupt family all of this control for so long. Oh, my God. And so that is hard to hear. There's like stories about when it happened and how when Jamie came in and became the conservator. And Lynn would be talking about, like, oh, I want to be involved in, like, these decisions and, like, how this is going to happen. He would scream back at her and bellow at her things like, I am Britney Spears. Just, like, Uh, uh. horrifying. And then at some point during her, like, before she's coming back, she's, like, sitting on the floor and he, like, always refers to himself as daddy to Britney. He's like, oh, daddy, daddy's looking at you and all I want to say to you, Britney, is you're looking a little fat and, like, you need to lose some weight. And this is, like, after she's, like out of the hospital and in this new conservatorship and like that's all he has to say to her essentially. I can't handle it. It's just like <laughs> it's horrifying and like I recommend that you go and listen to it and or listen to it. Go and, and read it. It just is more detailed about the horrific things that have been done to her. Um, news also broke that a judge denied uh, Britney's request to remove her father from her conservatorship and it was all over Twitter and all of this but like things to remember this request was before um 
the testimony from last week or whatever. Mm -hmm. This request was put in in 2020. There was already uh, a ruling on that, that Jamie was not going to be removed at the conservator. And uh, Judge Penny just signed off on this ruling that had been made a year ago. Mm -hmm. But TMZ ran with it and everyone wanted to seem like, oh, this is a horrible day for women. But it's like nothing about what she's newly going to request. Like there's rumors that she is preparing to formally uh, request, you know, to get out of the conservatorship for good. And that's not what is being responded to now. So, like, mm-hmm. everyone hold your horses. Yeah. So the, uh, people did run with that story. And I was just like, wait, wait, exactly. wait, wait, wait. No, this was a something that happened a year ago. And right. It was just like, I guess, becoming official today. So, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was weird, a weird day. And then right before we started this, Britney Spears' longtime manager, Larry Rudolph, has resigned. Uh, from his post amidst the conservatorship controversy, he sent a letter to Deadline basically saying it begins with, it has been over two and a half years since Brittany and I last communicated, at which time she informed me that she wanted to take an indefinite work hiatus. Earlier today, I became aware that Brittany had been voicing her intention to officially retire. So since my services are no longer needed, I am going to resign as uh, her manager. So he was her manager. He's been her manager like up until... Now, I guess. He was her manager right when they started, like, Baby More Time era. Okay. She fired him, I want to say 2004, 2005, something like that. Okay. And then when the conservatorship started back up, Jamie rehired him. Okay. Yes. And now he's just like, she that, wants to retire. And the thing is, I'm, now she, it's my time I, I to mean, retire. Of course, and I mean, beyond whatever he heard, she sat on the stage and said, the members of my management and the everyone involved in this conservatorship should be in jail. And I'm Oof. sure he's like... Yeah, fuck that. Like, I don't want any part of this. I would like to. It's jumping ship. And it's another thing is after that whole testimony, the Bessemer Trust, who is like co-conservators with Jamie Spears, came out and said, we thought that Britney wanted to be under a conservatorship. We thought she was a willing participant in this. If she wants to end it, we also want to back out. We don't want to be a part of it, which is a good thing and a bad thing. A good thing in that, of course, they're listening to her. That's a beautiful thing. What she has said has made an impact, of course. But then it's like, do you want to leave Jamie Spears as the only person, the only as the only conservator left? I just feel like the dominoes are falling. Mm-hmm. I feel like people are really pulling out. Everyone sees the writing on the wall and it's like, Jamie? I, to quote Heather Dubrow from uh, Real House of Orange County, which I never even watched. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're now I quoting Housewives that not- we know nothing about. <laughs> this is how dire the situation is. When everybody says you're dead, it's time to lie down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> tell him, Heather. Welcome back. So, I mean, there's just a lot going on in Britney Land. I can't imagine this doesn't end soon, right? Oh yes. Like I- all of the stories are all like everyone's backing away from this. Yes. All right. all right. Who's the judge? That's judge Penny. Judge Penny again. All right. Yes. All right, Judge Penny. Who is weird? Did I tell you that this was that guy? That is weirdly the showrunner of Insecure's mom is the judge. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> Princess Penny. I did not know that. Showrunner of Insecure. He also worked on Happy Endings. His mom. Pr- I mean, Penny. you know, s- successful family. I, I mean, guess. welcome to LA, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so keeping Brittany in her our prayers, and just I feel like more was going to come out every second, and so we'll just keep you up to date. Um, Gwen Stefani and Blake Shelton got married. I had no idea they were not married. Uh, who knew? I, knew I they, thought I knew they were together. I figured they were married. I mean, one would assume. Uh, but that's nice. Yeah. I saw some pictures leaked of that. I love when people are happy. Love, love. Don't get them as a couple, but you know what? It's not for me to get. I'm not in the couple. 
you know? Um, Shikari Richardson, who went viral once she won the Olympic 100-meter race, and everyone saw her, like, running towards her grandmother. She's a queer woman, I'm pretty sure, and Mm -hmm. she just is, like, uh, was such a beacon of hope and light for everybody because she was just this really awesome person who did incredibly in the trials, has uh, now been removed from the Olympic team because uh, she they found marijuana in her system. She had smoked marijuana as a way of coping with her mother's recent death. And she tested positive for THC, so her results are erased. But it's like, this is not a performance-enhancing drug. Mm-hmm. It's also legal in the state in which she is from. Yeah. Who fucking cares? I mean, the, the uh, I think it's the anti-doping, whatever, whoever, like, controls that with the international rules. not like she's they, Lance Armstrong. She's not I doing know. steroids. I know, yeah. It's, it's, it's really devastating, especially because she did have such, like... PR traction when she won and everything and it was so exciting and so cool and everything and suddenly it was cut short. She wasn't banned from the whole Olympics. She can. Mm. It's just the one race that she's known for. I believe that 100 100 meter meter dash dash is uh, that's falls under the in the 30 day window that she's banned. But she might still be able to qualify for like one of the relay teams, which goes uh, after her ban is lifted. Got it. Um, So I hope that she is able to. Make that team. Yeah, I. I mean, she's getting so much press. I imagine they would be like, "Yep." Yeah. I mean, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I feel like the Olympics have gotten. Because wasn't there another thing? I didn't read too far into it because you know how I feel about the Olympics. Like, who fucking cares? But there <laughs> a, was a lot of people <laughs> care. I hate them. But it's also like I feel like they ban specific um, swim caps for Afro hair. It's just like a lot of like pointed anti-black shit is happening and it's like you should give Shikari a win like and let her fucking run the relay for like Olympics for your PR you might as well like I it's just crazy because it's like I don't understand why there are so many people in jail for marijuana selling why there's and it's an actual business there are fucking Apple store looking places set up all over our city Mm. where you can sell marijuana it's just like I just think it's so backwards and it's not performance enhancing. It's not a steroid. It's not like that. Yeah. I mean, the thing is she, she, I think she handled it very well. She was very much just like, look, these were the rules and I broke them. Oh, is that what she said? Yeah. She like her interview was, I thought her interview was very great. She came across very well. Mm. Um, And you know, she, these were the rules for everyone. She did break them, but now it just raises the question of just like, Oh, should this be a rule? Exactly. No, like, why are these the rules? But the heart, th- and I feel like most people in America would be like, no, this shouldn't be a rule. But the problem is, this is like an international rule mm. with the Olympics, and most countries are have even like harsher drug laws than the United mm. States. You know, so so I feel like we can all like get behind this not being an actual right. rule, and this can shed light on it. But I feel like that's going to be a hard hurdle to jump, mm. which sucks. Well. Um, I just feel like, I, I mean, I don't know the dates and times of these things, but I feel like I've seen Michael Phelps with a bong in several MySpace-looking pictures. I mean, right? yeah. Like, I, I'm w- sure she's not the first Olympian to smoke some weed. Oh, like, yeah. But, like, was did he smoke it, like, in when he, should he shouldn't have? have. Like, know, that's the question. Not. So, I know. it's. I'm glad that this, not that I'm glad this happened, but, like, I'm glad this, like, shed some light on right. sort of how archaic this rule kind of is. Totally. Especially to Americans, especially now that weed is legal in, like, most states. Right. So... So I'm glad this shed some light on it. I hope she's able to qualify for the one of the relay races that happens right. after in like August. Mm. 
Did you see the Felicia Rashad tweet? Oh, yeah. <sighs> that was tough. That was so tough. <laughs> that was a tough I mean, day. All, everything about this situation is tough. <laughs> so if you haven't heard, I'm sure you've heard, uh, Bill Cosby is now a free man because apparently he had some deal with the DA when he was first being investigated for, I think, a separate civil lawsuit where someone was saying, oh, he drugged me and... Um, I, you know, and I am owed this amount of money because I was raped and drugged by Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. And a part of the plea deal in the civil lawsuit was like, I cannot be like prosecuted for the things I say on the stand. Cause if they were going to say we can prosecute you separately, he would never have admitted to the things that he did and mm-hmm. have done. And they kind of went back on that in mm-hmm. prosecuting him and got him in jail. And then they found this fucking loophole. I don't know why the DA would ever agree to that. Like, why would I guess? Cause he just assumed we'd never get Bill Cosby to actually go to jail for these like hundred, like 50 women who he's raped and drugged over the years. Who knows? But it's just like, cause it's hard because you get why he's free. You get, yeah. and it doesn't mean in any way that he is innocent. Like he is guilty. He told us he is guilty. Yeah. He is a guilty person who was given a deal that should allow him to be free, but it's just so sick and heartbreaking to watch. And like the victims of sexual violence and the victims of rape, like how could you feel seeing those 50 women on the cover of that magazine, everyone in the world knowing what he did and he's still just walking among us. I know. Disgusting. I know it's, it's really, really, really a frustrating situation. Um, I mean, I, I we're like you don't know what to say about it because it's like oh no I get it it's just oh god this is awful this is awful and it sucks it's awful because um, I, I mean the prosecution just like fucked up I know and I guess prosecution's gonna really <laughs> like remember this case now and be like <sighs> we can we have to be very diligent in our process and yeah. give everyone their due process and everything but still this is like a very very bitter pill to and so you'd be seeing people celebrating including his longtime Cosby castmate Felicia Rashad posted something about like I don't even know what her caption said do you remember oh it was like finally. Uh, I just remember finally. Finally. And it was like a big picture of. It's it basically like something. Him. Like uh, his rights or something like that and everything. Which like I guess legally his his rights were violated in some sort of way. But no, no girl. No. You, you could have just not tweeted anything. Right. She also. But then she came out and said that her initial tweet lacked sensitivity towards survivors of sexual assault. And she has a full statement saying that she fully supports the. Oops. Sorry. Fully supports the survivors of sexual assault coming forward. My post in no way intended to be insensitive to their truth. Personally, I know from friends and family that such abuse has lifelong residual effects. My heartfelt wish is for healing. And it's like uh, her social media posts, though, are still up. The fact that it's still up. It's like, 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 why? Why? I don't get it. Yeah, especially because Felicia Rashad. It's like when I think of actresses who are very level headed and wise. I think Felicia Rashad. I know. And this is kind of like. Girl, and it's like, girl, I get it. I'm sure this has been a hard pill for you to swallow as well. Like this man who meant so much to you, your colleague, you find out he did all of these horrible things that cannot be easy, but, but, and I'm sure you do not want it to be true, but he was found guilty and there were many, many, many people accusing him of this. And so girl, no, 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 (laughs) it's my answer to all of that. 
Uh, apparently, I just checked. It does look like the tweet has been finally deleted. Okay. So it took a couple of days for her to do that, but I'm glad she did. Uh, it just is like, if you want me to think of you as a terrible post person, then post something supporting Bill Cosby <laughs> right now. Honestly, like that's just such a telltale sign that you're a piece of shit. So good luck to all. And, you know, our hearts go out to all of the victims out there. Do you, I, I think the last time we were doing this podcast, the BT Awards were like in the process of happening. Mm-hmm. Do you see that Queen Latifah fi- like kind of came out? A little bit. She like thanked her love, Ebony, and like yeah. mentioned her child and, and then at stuff. the end she was like, happy pride. Yes. Was, like, happy pride back. You know what? I'll take it. Sure. <laughs> a win is a win. Um, but also speaking of the BET Awards, Madonna decided to post a mm-hmm. picture of herself kissing Britney Spears next to a picture of Lil Nas X kissing her background dancer. We actually got an email about this. Oh, did we? From our friend Bruno. Oh, what's Bruno say? I, I'll read the email. All right. We'll do it quickly. We're, we weren't going to do email my heart this week because we have our interview with Danny Pellegrino coming up. I know. Up. But, you but, know, we, we, we got We I figured we were going to talk about this uh in gen like so I figured, you know, Bruno knew what we were gonna talk right. about. Right. I mean he's uh, in our minds. He gets so that. Bruno says, Bitch, I'm over Madonna. <laughs> Hi, Matt. It's been a while. How are you doing? I'm good. So today I'm going to talk about Madonna and her obsession with being the first. Mm. You guys must know what I'm talking about. But after her comments about Lil Nas X's kiss on that award show, I was like, she's doing it again. Because she did the same thing with Lady Gaga back in the day. You guys remember the whole fight over Born This Way being similar to Express Yourself? Well, I mean, they are They are very similar, similar. Bruno. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a Lady Gaga fan, so let me get this out of the way. Yes, those songs sound alike. I have no problem in Admitting this, Lady Gaga could have ended the comparisons by simply acknowledging the similarities, but both songs became anthems for the LGBTQ community, and that's great, right? Apparently not for Madonna. She basically made those <laughs> songs about rivalry, and she's doing the same thing with Lil Nas X now. It seems like she's unable to see the bigger picture, just like Lady Gaga's Born This Way meant a lot to a new generation that I'm a part of. Lil Nas X's work means a lot for the LGBTQ young of today, especially yeah. for those in the black community. Yes. But Madonna, with her obsession for being first, <laughs> always makes these great moments about her and not people she claims to represent. Right. I love Madonna's songs. She's an undeniable genius, but I'm honestly done with her egotistical personality. Wow. It's just annoying at this point. But tell but tell what you guys think of all this. I mean, <laughs> can we all just get along already? Any day, have a great week. <laughs> Bruno, I love it. Uh, I think the best point you're making is about the Lil Nas X part when it's like, yeah, this is about an actually queer black person. <laughs> That's the difference. Like, well, well, Madonna, uh, I think it's safe to say Madonna's pretty bisexual. Sure? Yes. Like, I don't I don't know if she identifies as bisexual. Uh, I know she's definitely talked openly about being with women. Sure, but it's, it's it, it wasn't like, it. I feel like Madonna's whole point, and Lil Nas X a part of it, yes, is the shock and awe, mm-hmm. but that whole Britney, Christina, like, the fact that she's kissing Britney Spears is like, I'm gonna make fucking headlines. When yes, Lil Nas X is actually a gay person traversing this for the first time on such a large scale. Yes. Like, let, on, a, on a network that has not seen that. Not once. <laughs> and so it was a big deal. Yes. And I mean, Lil Nas X also did respond under like a pop crave tweet about this being like, me and Madonna are friends. It's a joke. It's fine. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is fine, but it is also like, 
try not to center yourself when like a queer black person is like expressing or like making art. Like it doesn't have to be like, well, I did it first. My name's Madonna. <laughs> I mean, I see knowing Madonna and knowing her like person, I could see her sort of being like, oh, I'm going to sort of casually like joke and be like, LOL, I did this first. He's right. following me in my footsteps and everything and sort of making light of it. But in the back of her mind still being like, people are going to remember. <laughs> um, but it's just like Madonna you, you really didn't have to do that because honestly like when Lil Nas X did it like we were kind of all thinking yeah like, totally oh this is sort of similar to that it's like you know a, a big thing right um yeah, so Madonna really did not need to need do it. that. We didn't need that. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that Lil Nas X is just like, oh, me and Madonna. I cool. know. Like, calm down, folks. He's not worried about it, which yeah. is great. Um, How do you feel? I mean, it hasn't started yet. Mm-hmm. But quickly, about the new Big Brother cast, it was released. Uh-huh. Is that going to come up later for yeah. us? Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> then let's just jump right into a quick break and then our interview with Danny Pellegrino. And then we'll be back with more 2K Mets. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, everybody, thank you for coming back. This is actually a first for the Two Gay Mats podcast, our first official interview with an esteemed guest. Mm -hmm. So this is a podcaster, a friend, and someone I'm sure you've heard of if you've ever looked at the iTunes charts on the podcast. We're not there yet, but one day. um, (laughs) One day we will overtake him. (laughs) I don't know. But (laughs) I have been a fan of this podcaster for such a long time, and he's always been so wonderful to, you know, speak with the little I have. Everything iconic with Danny Pellegrino, huge giant hit. Also, fancy AF cocktails, I can say, co-written with Tom and Ariana from Vanderpump Rules. Lives in our kitchen. It does. I look at it every single day. And I don't drink, but I have peeked into the and saw those cocktails, and I'm like, those are nice. They're lovely. I've yes. tried several. They're amazing. Okay. And uh, also an upcoming book coming out very soon. Everyone, welcome to the podcast, Danny Pellegrino. Yay. Hi, both Matts. I love you both. I'm so excited to be here. And also, now I feel pressure. Like, I the first first uh, interview I gotta I gotta be on my A game so it's I'm true. gonna I don't know I'll say something crazy let's I'm, get this thing to go viral exactly go. you gotta do what you gotta do take your top off do what you need <laughs> I mean it's that a, won't go viral <laughs> it's an audio <laughs> podcast stop, it'll stop this in its track <laughs> we're gonna start with appropriately named hot topics the hottest topic oh of the week I know you are a, a big fan of the view Danny Pellegrino as am I Right. And I watch it every single night before I go to bed on Hulu. I love it oh. for years and years. And obviously the show dips in. There's peaks and valleys with the show and the panel specifically. But yeah, uh, one of the cast members is now leaving. Well, it's so interesting that you watch it uh, before you go to bed because I watch it in the morning and that is what I work out to. Like that's what I do my like morning push-ups to or like morning sit-ups or like morning like stretches. <laughs> I consider that like a, a workout day. Right. Sure. Big news in The View. The hot topic is Megan McCain. I know she's leaving the show and... Uh, yeah, I watch it at night because I like the whole episode of just, it winds me down. Like for some reason, it's similar to Housewives in that way. Like I get relaxed when I hear people shouting at each other. I don't know what that means about me, but um, <laughs> she's leaving the show and it's interesting. 
uh, we've been in this COVID era of The View, which I have found very frustrating because everything is Zoom uh, on the show. And for some reason, so many other shows, I mean, we're doing a Zoom right now and there's no delay. But for some reason on The View, there's still this like weird delay that happens on the hot topics. And it's like not conducive to that type of show in the slightest. So uh, it's been a frustrating era of The View. I still watch it, still love it. So that's no shade to my queens of The View. Um, But yeah, it's surprising to me that she's leaving because... uh, I think the show over the past two years, or I think she's been on two years, there's been think, so many news. Four. Oh, it was a four. I, yeah. I think it'll be four when that she makes sense. leaves. I have no sense of time anymore. <laughs> I like, know. I, How could you know that? <laughs> I have all the sense no, of I time. <laughs> you will know this about me. I I can I know exactly how many days she has been on The View. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. But, yeah, so I think it is surprising just because if they've made headlines so much, the joy... Uh, Megan dynamic specifically and oftentimes the whoopee Megan dynamic uh, and I tend to think that's when the show is at its best and for people who watch the show every day I don't think it's as explosive as like media often makes it out to be because right. the fight the fights are the ones that go viral but you know for the most like 80% of the time it's just civilized conversations on that show uh, but the but the the fun stuff does tend to go viral. And so I'm fascinated by the whole idea. I wonder if it was her choice, if it was a firing situation. I don't know. I don't know. I highly doubt it was a firing situation. So many people are like, she needs to be fired. She needs to be fired just because, you know, they don't like her or whatever. But it's like ABC would net like Megan McCain was the reason why the show would trend every four days or right. something. They would never fire her. I feel unless she did something like super crazy. I, I got the impression that the show is going to be in person next season mm. and she is currently in Washington, D.C. and she has said that that is where she wants to raise her child. I imagine she's like, I don't want to go back to in person. I want to stay yeah. in D.C. with my child, um, which, you know, makes sense. I think the um, interesting thing is I know a lot of, I, you know, I consider myself pretty far left in terms of politics. But for that type of show, I think people often forget that the point of it is that we're supposed to have a table full of people that disagree with each other. And, uh, you know, they're going to fill that seat with a conservative voice like they have for the past 20 some years that the show has been on the air. So, you know, it's it's fascinating to me, you know, people celebrating and uh, who who don't want a conservative voice at the table. And to that, I just say, like, there's going to be one and yeah. you might not like the one that they bring in. Exactly. At all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I do have to say, like, even though I disagree with Megan McCain on so many things, she was uh, always able to, like, have logical points like to her argument well I wouldn't say always but <laughs> she often was able to have very logical points for arguments right like even if I disagreed with it I was like okay I see the logic behind it it's just that a lot of times they were uh, told very uh, uh, passionately uh, and then so right, that right. is where she sort of got herself in some trouble with fans and everything it makes me nervous though because the the seat like I worry about there being like an Elizabeth Hasselbeck mm-hmm. uh, re um reintroduction or something and like I don't want that yes yeah <laughs> or I worry I. about like one of these sort of crazier um f- uh, crazier fringe people coming on and that so that's what I worry yes, about. who would I you agree. want to fill the seat is my I'm not a view person I know of it but I just see the fights I'm like wow there's a lot going on 
Yeah, I think they do need a conservative voice. Right. Because even though I love Anna Navarro, who's on there, she's on there usually on just Fridays, but mm. uh, she's sort of quote-unquote a Republican, but I don't even know if she identifies as that. I, I, I thought right before the election she said she's no longer part of the Republican Party. Yeah. But I, I, I might be getting that wrong. Um, but she tends to lean more, more center. And so I do think they need... Uh, someone that will give Joy a sparring partner and Sonny and and Whoopi a sparring partner. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what will make the show interesting. But, you know, if I – taking that part out of the equation, you know, Rachel Lindsay was just on the show, uh, on The View. She was filling in as a co-host, and I love her. And I, I think she's someone who, like, never has a problem speaking her mind. And she's very intelligent, and uh, I think she would be really great at that table in some capacity. Oh, I love her so much. Did you read that article, the New York Magazine so article? Good. Unbelievable. So good. And it's all things yeah, she, you kind of knew, but it's like the way she tells it. It's like, man. Oh. She's so she's so smart, and she's also very warm and funny, and she's just, I think she would be so good at that job. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, taking the politics off of it. Also, I saw Wendy, Dr. Wendy from Real Houses of Potomac, tweet out about it and I was like I would love to see that too because I love Dr. Wendy (laughs) I mean speaking of Dr. Wendy I have several Bravo questions for you let's get to it Potomac is I think my favorite show on television scripted or non-scripted I've never been more invested um you don't have to say if you don't feel comfortable if you've seen the first episode or not I've heard rumors that it's floating about I'm nervous because I was a Monique person. I, like, have ignored all of the QAnon and the essential oil stuff she'll do. But I'm like, (laughs) in that, in the larger scheme of things, I want to root for her. And so I'm nervous that I'm not going to be as invested this season. Do you think I have anything to worry about? Look, first of all, I think you raise an interesting point in that sometimes us Bravo viewers, we're forced to turn a blind eye. You know, we there's times, a time or two, you just, you like someone and you just have to... uh, reconcile with that um but i don't think anyone has anything to worry about i saw the premiere i don't know if i'm supposed to say that i uh saw the the first episode but it was so good it was i'm sure they won't care since I'll, all i'm gonna do is praise it right but it, i thought it was so good it made me just so excited i think the new housewife people are going to love and uh she seems like very like a just a good housewife, nice. uh, if that makes sense. And I mentioned Dr. Wendy, and I think she's really going to step into like this role of housewife in a way that I think her first season, it was very difficult to do because A, she had just had a baby, and B, uh, that, that Monique-Candace fight really took a lot of space in that season. For sure. I'm very excited about a, what I think is going to happen. I don't know this to be true, but what I predict is like a Karen Huger-Wendy duo ship I would or love that and I feel I like you were calling too. for that last season you were like I hate that they're fighting because they're my two favorites they're my faves and I think they're not going to fight any I hope they're uh they've listened to my prayers <laughs> but see um, I feel like I would yeah. love that like if my two faves were fighting because then it's like you see both sides because you love them so much and so yeah. it's, it's a I love when I'm watching a show that I adore and like I have an internal conflict about what is happening you know I I think I just I don't I I side so hard with Karen on the Karen Giselle of it all. Yes. And I felt last season like I, I don't think Karen has a good ally against Giselle, but we see from the trailer that there's like this big Giselle Wendy fight. And so I think that's gonna cause Wendy and Gis- Wendy and Karen to become allies 
in their common fight against Giselle. Right. The green-eyed bandit. <laughs> it's true. And the thing is, I am with you on Giselle, but even I listened to that episode of her podcast with her and Robin, and I was like, oh, can't wait to hate this. And I was like, they're lovely. <laughs> I loved yeah, it. I mean, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. Like, I mentioned I don't like Giselle, but like, I will follow her to the depths of hell if <laughs> of she's course. going there, because I, uh, you know, I... All these houses, I I might dislike them on the show, but if they go to another show or something, like I will love them, and I love watching Giselle. I don't want her to go anywhere on this show. I think she knows that she, people love to hate her, and right. and that's the role she sort of fills, oftentimes. For sure. Um, I had another question about Summer House because I really felt like your podcast was weirdly like at the closest seat to Andy at that reunion. It kept being said like podcast, podcast, podcast. And it was always yours. And I was getting mad though, that they didn't just say like, I know everything iconic, especially cause you've been on watch what happens now. And like you and Andy are like friendly. It's like, come on, throw them a shout out. Rude. Um, I know. There was one point where my the name of my podcast flashed on the screen. Oh, right. Because it was in like was, an Us Weekly article or something. Right, right. But it wasn't even like a visual from my show. It was just like an Entertainment Weekly headline <laughs> or something. <laughs> Rude. They should have highlighted it more. Um, Take what I can get. So I also thought it was interesting that that season Hannah had, a, I mean... Awful season. It just didn't go well. It didn't go her way. I feel like she filmed it thinking, oh, everyone's going to side with me and hate Luke. And that's not what happened. I always wonder when you have those Bravo celebrities on your podcast in the middle of a season in which they're not coming across great. And you are, I feel like, better than a lot of other podcasts in saying, like, I'm on Team Kyle and Amanda. Like, I actually was not on your side there. And I appreciate that. But is it like, do you feel strange doing it? Is it like a weird hurdle to jump over? You know, I, I try to just be honest, like, and because people will always reach out and be like, you're so biased against this person, that person. And it's like, well, I'm not like uh, New York Times or something like <laughs> I should be a lot. I like who I like. Like, this is an opinion podcast, yeah. you know, whatever. But I do know that I interview them all, a lot of times and I get to choose. The good news is, is like, I don't have to have someone on my show that I don't like. There have been plenty of Bravo people whose PR or someone who have reached out and like, do you want to have this person on the show? And it's like, no, I don't like them <laughs> or I don't like them this season or, or maybe next season if I like them because we go on a roller coaster with these people. And I do try to be honest if I do have them on and say like when I had Hannah and Paige on, I said like, I'm team Kyle and Amanda right now. Cause I don't want to be like behind their back saying, uh, you know, telling Hannah how great she's doing this season when I didn't think she was coming across well. And I do understand also like these are shows. And so stuff happens behind the scenes that we're not all privy to, but I also try to like, let them know, like I am when I'm recapping, I'm recapping like what I see on the show. So I understand that like they might be editing you weird or something, but like I'm going off of what I see on the show. So, uh, I, I thought like with Hannah, it was strange to me that I don't think she saw how bad, I don't think she understood that she was coming across bad. And you kind of want to say like, you know, you, you see that you're not coming off. right? Right. Like, and, but sometimes they just don't get it or maybe they don't get it until it's too late or something. I felt, yeah, I felt like at the reunion it was totally a platform where it's like, just apologize. I feel like there was even a point that Paige turned to her and was like, you need to apologize. Just apologize. Right. And she could never come around to doing it. And I'm like... The, the same thing happened with Dorinda, I thought, last season on Roni, where it was like, you know, I thought she would have went into that reunion and like just taken full accountability for even things that maybe she was right about, but you know, there was stuff with Tinsley that I think like some stuff 
Dorinda was right about to be angry. Not mm-hmm. certainly like the below the belt comments, like those she should have just said uh, sorry for and taken accountability. But I think there were things that uh, maybe happened behind the scenes where Tinsley had just quit filming and and Dorinda had maybe some right to be upset about. But I would have thought like after watching the season, how she came across, she would have just said she's sorry. And then I think Bravo and the audience would have been more forgiving and wanted her back. Mm. And I still think they should have kept her around because I think she would have ultimately uh, come around and the show is is worse, I think, for not having her. But. Uh, yeah, sometimes it's like the reunion. I think these people need to just apologize. And oftentimes I think they think they're bigger than the show. Mm-hmm. And Bravo is so quick to remind them that they're not. And they're not. They don't care. They'll get they'll find someone new and messier. And yeah, as a non Bravo head, that is something that I find so fascinating is how open like, you know, broad the bravo empire is about just being like oh this person was fired for xyz well they don't say it they always let them be like oh i'm quitting to move on to something else but But we all know like they let it be known by other people (laughs) and i think like i i don't know this for a fact but i'm pretty sure when their their contracts aren't picked up i'm pretty sure they're not able to go elsewhere for like a year or so i think that's right um and so yeah i think like they have to play by Bravo's rules a little bit. And when they don't or when they get think they're bigger than the shows, it ultimately is just like bad for their entire career right. oftentimes. Right. Okay, I have one last Bravo. Sorry, Matt Steele. I have one last Bravo question and then we can talk about your Matt's old like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, seriously. No, I have Bravo <laughs> questions as well. I came prepared. Um, Vanderpump rules. Um. Wh- A, they're kind of a two-parter. A, weren't you guys making this book during a season and they, like, didn't show you guys making it? And it's, I just, on your behalf, I found it annoying because, like, if it was in season seven or eight, nothing else was going on. Like, it's not like these were great (laughs) seasons full of storylines. Like, the show had gotten so bad so quickly. Let's see Danny and Ariana and Tom make a book. Take some pictures. Well, to be clear, like, I didn't film. I think there was, like, maybe one or two things that I was at, Mm. but... They filmed a lot of stuff for the book because I was the co-author of it. And so I do know that like there were scenes about the book that were filmed. And um, and then also there was we did an event at Barnes and Noble at the Grove that was filmed. And it was like a huge uh, book signing mm-hmm. at the Grove. And uh, we filmed the we they had a book big. We had a big book release party that was filmed. And so there was stuff that I was like, I don't know why. It was also very frustrating to me because. Uh, it was a season where they added a bunch of new cast members in and nobody cared about like, you know, they, that's, I think part of the reason why they didn't show the book process on there was because they were focusing on all of these new people who ultimately were all let go from the show, except for Charlie. Um, but it was frustrating because I know how hard all of us worked on the book and how hard they worked on the book. And I felt bad, like, even there was stuff about the house, like every scene, there would be something about th- someone throwing shade about their house not having furniture. Mm-hmm. And I knew that like one of the benefits of them not having this furniture and one of the reasons why they held off on ordering a lot of the furniture was because we shot all of those beautiful pictures in the book at their house because oh. it, uh, we were able to use it basically as a blank ca- canvas. So there was a, a week or two weeks or something where we shot all of those pictures which also they had filmed part of that too, that none of it aired. Um, But so it was frustrating to me that this huge project in the book sold really well. And it was like, I, 
thought it was turned out to be a really great product. I follow all of these Bravo things and I know there's so many like crappy, shitty Bravo adjacent projects that come out. And I felt like this was a really good one. And I just felt like bummed that no one got to see it and, uh, or, or know anything about it. And, and two, like on the show, Tom gets to be this person who's a co-owner of Tom, Tom, uh, and, a business person, but Ariana sometimes is portrayed as her whole thing was her depression, which I love that she opened up about it, Mm -hmm. but I wish they would have, we would have gotten to see this other side of her where she was working very hard on this project that ultimately turned out super great. Right. And it was so great and it was so successful. And I feel like there was precedent. Other cast members had put out books that were shown so fully, and they're they're just filmed a give them la la release party thing for the next season. It's like, what the fuck? I don't know. I I feel yeah. like that favoritism that came out before all those people got fired is kind of being proven right in this example. And I think some of it too is that there was not really much drama with any of it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you you know, maybe if there was a book event where they got in fights with someone or something, maybe that would have shown, but ultimately it was so bizarre to me that it was just, there was like one flash of it on screen and it was a huge part of their lives for, uh, I mean, we were on that for a long time over the course of filming. It wasn't something that happened off the season or something. So it was just so weird to me. And I don't know the mechanics, maybe there was stuff behind the scenes that I'm just not privy to, but it was frustrating as a viewer to watch it. I'm like, Oh my God, like show a little of it. Totally. Something. Totally. All right, Matt, you can go. I'm sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> I just had to ask. <laughs> I mean, hey, I I see the book every day in front of me in, in our kitchen. It's, <laughs> it's right next pretty. to it's we got gorgeous. We had like one of the best photographers doing all the pictures and we included all sorts of stuff. And Yeah, it goes uh, right yeah. next to my New Jersey shaped uh, cutting board. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I only, need to get one of those. only the most beautiful things in that corner of the kitchen. <laughs> um, so my question is, as someone who is not super, super tied into the Bravo world, except for, you know, whatever Matt Palmer has on TV at any given time. Uh, he did sit me down one, oh God, I don't know, like four years ago, that five years right. ago, maybe, uh, to see, and he's like, you need to just sit down and watch season three of Real Housewives of New York. It's the Good best job, season Matt of television. Palmer. And, and he, everything, whenever there was a moment, he would, uh, pause it and be like, here's the history behind this fight. Like you need to know the history, like what happened season one, season two and everything, whenever anything needed explanation besides that season. Is there any season of any Real Housewives uh, franchise that you would uh, recommend to a newbie like myself to like as sort of like a diving in moment? This is a tough question because there are so many. I think in terms of New York, three is my favorite, but then there are also seasons seven, eight, nine, ten. Like I think those seasons are really, really good. Uh, Jersey. Uh, the the end of the Jersey Jersey season one is very short and the end of it is just one of the most memorable things that's ever happened on Bravo with the table flip. And mm-hmm. so I think that's very fascinating. And then season three of Jersey is just like amazing. And there's a lot of family dynamics and, and craziness that goes on. So I'd recommend that. And uh, Orange County, like the Brooks years, which I think are like season around season 10, uh, it is some of the craziest, most compelling TV. Uh, you know, every franchise, there's there's peaks and valleys, but every franchise usually has like one season. I think last season of Potomac was um, was sort of their high point, mm-hmm. and I'm hopeful they'll be able to keep keep getting better or, or maintain the same amount of quality, but 
I'm um, looking forward to I Dallas. I gave you is, so many. <laughs> I mean, yeah. When wait, is wait, Dallas's wait, wait. high point going to come? <laughs> Hopefully in a year or two or something. <laughs> we're, we're all fingers crossed. Dallas love it. Matt Palmer is always <laughs> recommending just that one season of DC. He's always, DC he's always was like, good. DC I've, was good, and I, it's only one season, so I feel like yeah, uh, it's I don't need, I, There's no history for me to learn with that. There's, you know, so that's the White House crashing. I mean, that was <laughs> national news, iconic, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So and I, Salt Lake City too. I think Matt Steele, you should get into Salt Lake City because I've heard only the best things about the season that hasn't aired, the second season. And I thought season one was great, so it's like an, a great way to get on in there. Okay, yeah, he he rave, is raving about Salt Lake City as well on our podcast. So, so and Salt Lake City, like, feel, obviously New Jersey feels my speed because I'm from New Jersey, and so I know, I'm like, see, yes, I'm yes, surprised yes. you haven't watched that. Yeah. So, uh, and but Salt Lake City like does sound intriguing from Matt Palmer's description of it. Hey. How close were you to Franklin Lakes? No, uh, I'm Central Jersey. And so they, they're all in North Jersey, okay. which obviously like it's New Jersey. So like everything is close to everything. But in Jersey terms, like if something is further than 25 minutes away, oh, it's far. It's far. I'm not Are driving you, there. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Are you aware of a place called Posh? No. OK. Well, Posh you'll learn. TV. You need to hop in. To, uh, all right. It's all Jersey. there. We have Hulu on the TV. I'm going to Jersey uh, at the end of the month, so maybe I'll take a visit. Oh, are to you? Pa- yeah. Oh, yeah. Surprise. I, I relate to Jersey because of like the Italianness of it. Like yeah. I recognize the the familial stuff there. Yeah, yeah. Like my family's Italian. Like it'll. But Central Jersey, it's a different world in Central Jersey than in North <laughs> whole Jersey. Whole different so, world. It, it is a whole different world, girl. You'd be surprised. Um, I think you'd like it. I think you'd like it. Okay, cool. I I will give it a whirl. There's um, a few seasons that suck in the middle, I think. Or oh, at one particular. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think right when Teresa, and they had a whole recast, and then all those people got fired. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was a mess. So another question that I have for you, and I, I don't know, because I don't know when you started, you know, your love of Bravo and everything, is how far back ago did you start watching Bravo? Because there are a couple shows that I am curious to know if you have seen or have an opinion I love... Uh, Early Bravo, I remember watching Inside the Actors Studio and Kathy Griffin's My Life on the D-List. Like those, those were really my gateway into Iconic, the network. Yeah. yeah, and My Life on the D-List just was everything to me. And I, I always say I wish they'd reboot. Kathy used to always do those hilarious stand-up shows on Bravo, and it's like I wish they would put more stand, whether it be Kathy or other comedians mm-hmm. doing a stand-up specials because uh, or pop culture stand-up. The way she did, I, I I just thought it was great. So that was my introduction. Then, in terms of like present day Bravo, I started with New York. The very first season of New York is kind of what got me in, and then I went back and watched Orange County, and I and then Atlanta was on. I I watched that from the beginning, and yeah, I do agree. Atlanta's with you. great too, by the way. Oh. I know we didn't talk about that, but oh, I just yeah. need to shout out them. I feel like that's a known <laughs> thing in the world. Like Real Housewives of Atlanta is objectively great. Right. Um, yeah. yeah, I I do agree with you. I. I remember when Bravo used to have comedy specials and they weren't like your typical comedy special. They featured, you know, a lot of women, you know, it was like Kathy Griffin and like Joan Rivers and everything. I just rewatched Joan Rivers. I think, I think a Bravo special she did. Um, and you know, obviously we all miss her. And, uh, did you ever watch a show on Bravo called the it factor? I know of the it factor, but I don't remember ever watching it. I think maybe, I remember it. I remember. I'll, I'll tell you what I remember. I just remember mm-hmm. the logo. 
(laughs) Yes. Like I can visualize the logo, but nothing else from it. Okay, great. Well, it's on the the Bravo app if you have that on your TV, which I assume you do. But was it good? Oh, it's, well, I found it thrilling. I rewatched it again and it 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 follows like 12 different actors and some of the actors are just like dull as dishwater, but some of the actors are so compelling. Like there's this one girl, Miranda, and you were just rooting for her so hard. Um, but yeah, I, I encourage that. There's I no fighting or like battles or anything. It's 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 reality TV and it's like purest, simplest I like form. That. Just following people walking back. down the street. Oh, absolutely. And seeing you what know, the drama was then. I sometimes get frustrated that when I first was my gateway into Bravo, it always to me read as a very queer network. And it was mm. one of the first places on television that had queer people. Mm. And now I don't see that as much. Sure. Yes, there. I don't know. I just I think that was its identity early on, and um, I wish they would get back to telling more queer stories. I, agree. I know queer people like the Housewives, and and that's great. And oftentimes there are plenty of cast members on these shows. Not plenty. There's maybe one or two they throw us. Right. The family. <laughs> I love that there are two gays on Family Karma now, and I love that the new one's really messy, but I completely agree with you. That. Yeah. Yeah, I wish they would get back to that that queer identity a little bit more. It was a little more like a, a, a queer identity, but like a, a variety of things. Like, it, it before it was the... They, it called itself like the uh, station of like culture and, and stuff like that. You know, it featured comedians and academics and, you know, hairstylists, like various different things. It showed, yeah. do, you, do you remember a show called Showbiz Moms and Dads? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, I loved that show. Oh, I loved that show. Yeah. What a classic. I was thinking about I it. I also loved to work out. It was like a gym show with uh, Jackie Warner. I remember being obsessed with that one. Yes. There, there was workout. There was uh, sheer genius. Oh yeah, I remember that. Project Runway was on Bravo, and it's on Bravo. It's back now. It's back. It's on back. Bravo. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I, yeah. There's been so many great shows, and I, I'm curious to see like the next evolution of the network will be because I think we're we're at a point with the Housewives where we could go one of two ways. I I do think the Housewives will be on forever, but it seems to me like ratings are sort of down, which they are across TV, but. I do feel like maybe a, a shift is coming. We had a below deck period of time on Bravo. Where it was like everything was either below deck or trying to be below deck. And I, I'm curious what the next sort of iteration will be. Yeah. I think we're on the, the precipice of figuring that out. I would, I, I love to see it. I can't wait to see what they come up with. I also don't want to keep you forever. So let me ask you no, it's a okay. few yeah. uh, Mariah questions. Um please. Matt, How d- you were on my um, Matt Palmer. You were on my episode all about Mariah. We did like a, a history of Mariah. We and did. It was one of my favorite episodes of my whole podcast. Oh yay! Um, but I did get in trouble because I edited in a bunch of like clips of her songs. Oh, and I did um, when I moved my podcast to a, a company. I got in trouble for that. Anyway, really? <laughs> it's still out. It's still out. Okay, good. So people can find it somewhere. I'm glad it's, it's there. I remember you were like, yeah, let's go from the beginning through Daydream. And I was like, yes, but I have to spend 20 minutes talking about Butterfly. And you're like, okay, delete that. Like, That's too much. <laughs> so wait, how did you come to Mariah? Like, where does your lambing begin? Um, from the beginning, I mean, from that debut album, I liked it even as like a very little kid. My mom was always a fan of like the divas in the household. So I, we always had like Whitney, Celine, Gloria Estefan, Mariah, they, Tony Braxton. Like my mom always loved the women, uh, singers. And so they were just always a part of 
me growing up and I, I think she had gotten that album maybe when it, what, what year that was 1990. I, yeah. I think I was five years old. So she had it and I remember just hearing it. And then I also have this like a clear memory of being in my uh, basement of my childhood home, listening to someday over and over again on a cassette tape. Great song. And then I think when I was like seven ish or eight, I got um, like a hand me down karaoke player that came with, a Mariah tape. And so the, somewhere there's a recording of me like <laughs> seven years old singing someday. We on need a, that. that. That is so rude. I, I mean, like I selling, so selling a karaoke machine and having it come with like a, a Mariah tape. It's like, you're not going to sound as good as her. <laughs> All it's going to do is just make you not want to sing. Cause you're going to feel horrible about yourself. It's like when I try to sing next to Audra McDonald, I'm just like, Oh, I will never sing again because <laughs> I sound horrible. But at least you have a good voice. I mean, I'm tone deaf, so especially as a seven-year-old, I couldn't sing. I couldn't hit any of those notes. Uh, But so I always loved her. And then, uh, yeah, I just, as her career went on, I just was always obsessed with her. And if you had to say your top two albums in the catalog, which were the two that you go back to the most? I think um, I really love Daydream and Butter. Daydream and Butterfly, to be honest, I think those I go back to the most. But I really love all of them. I mean, Mm -hmm. even Caution, I think, is so good and underrated. And Daydream just has, I I like sort of like the balladness of Daydream and and the cheesy cheesiness of the ballads. (laughs) And and I don't even mean that as an insult, just like, I don't know, I like the big ballad of it all. The pure 90s uh, pop balladry. Yeah. And then... um, yeah, Butterfly. I mean, come on. It's just got like The Roof and Breakdown and Fourth of July, which I just uh, was putting on my playlist for this upcoming <laughs> holiday. <laughs> I always put it on like a Fourth of July playlist and people are like, this is very slow for like a big party time. And it's like, yeah, but it's called Fourth of July. Just listen to the lyrics. Yeah, like shut up and listen to <laughs> exactly, it. Exactly. It's gorgeous. Wait, what goes on a Fourth of July playlist? People want to hear firework and like. Oh, and party in the USA. Yes, that. And so it's a different tempo. Different vibe. Okay, so you have What's three songs on this playlist. <laughs> what, yeah, there's three. <laughs> I feel like you can also put like, uh, uh, what's that cheesy? Um, the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, Whitney's no, what's version. That Whitney's one? Star Spangled Whitney's Banner is on version. this playlist. Yeah, you could put that on there. Um, that horrible. Never mind. I'm, I'm gonna bite my tongue. Okay. But, I'm proud um, to wait, be what an are American. Fa- That's what I was thinking. <laughs> what, what uh? What's your favorite? Mariah album I mean yeah. Butterfly and Daydream We're looking at it On my wall right now So your answers are my- Butterfly is my number one um, I, I feel I go back to Emancipation And the Equals MC Squared A lot Just because of when They came out In my life It was like I was a senior In high school And Emancipation came out And like It was the, my whole High school experience People were making fun of her With the whole glitter And the charm bracelet Of it all And I was like See you motherfucker She's amazing and I've been telling you this Since elementary school It's very shocking I was gay But I was yeah. very Very in love With those albums But Butterfly I think is my number one I mean yeah, yeah. Butterfly is the number one And I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, Pick uh, In terms of Second favorite I'm gonna say Me I Am Mariah the elusive Sean Chu's take money. Take, take money out of the equation. <laughs> I like money. Money's fine, but like compared <laughs> yeah. to the rest of the album, which is just so emotional and it's a long album. And it's a long. Yeah, I you know I love album. a long slog of of just uh, emotion. I have a lot of trouble with your mind eternal. Oh. I get it. It goes in my head, and mm. I don't, it's not my favorite by no. any stretch right. of the imagination. But it's something that if I hear it, like. For a month, I can't get it out of my head, and 
And Almost Home is like that too. Although, but I really like Almost Home. I know Aww. she doesn't even like it, but I like that song. It's, it's great song. Great. She sounds great on it too. Yeah, yeah she sounds great. And but that's another one of hers where it's like. I know if I hear that, it's never getting out of my head. And I'll just, no matter where I am, like, I'll be driving home and I'll just start singing, like, oh, no. I start singing it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Recreating all the poses in the music video with mm-hmm. the fan and everything. A lot of gifable moments. But Your Mind Eternal, like, haunts me. And I, I don't even ever want to hear it because... I, it will be a month before I get it. I, I feel like with that song and with a few songs that she would put out as like first singles on projects that were like with you even on Caution, it's like these songs are great, but like we've heard the bad with the beat a yeah. lot from like right, We right. Belong Together onward, and it's great. And but- your mine is literally your girl, <laughs> you know. But your, like your that- girl is better. I like that on Caution, the distance I think oh, should have been like yes. a huge hit. Like to me, that seemed so like radio friendly and stuff. And I know radio doesn't play women over a certain age, unfortunately, usually. But to me, that should have just been like a huge smash because it it felt so radio friendly and 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 also so Mariah. Yeah, mm. it yeah. felt. Yeah, I agree. When I first heard that, that was the song I was most excited about. It should have been. It should have been the single. It's so current, but still so. Her, it wasn't like she was trying too hard. I feel like some people, they just try to do whatever's trendy and it didn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. And it was fun that she put out Get the Fuck Out because oh. I think oh. like that was just so fun and Mimi and What a classic. And, that song yeah. is so excellent. <laughs> so good. So it excellent. Is. It is. Yeah. All right, Danny. So thank you so much for being here. We can let you go. But before you go, please tell us a bit about your upcoming book because we saw it was announced. We're all very excited. We're going to add it to the Danny Pellegrino book collection. The only books I have in my home, honestly. Oh, my <laughs> You're the, the sweetest. Well, I think uh, it, it'll be out uh, spring of next year, tentatively, like March. I just finished writing it all, and so I'm super excited. It's like a, a, an essay collection, a book of short stories, and they're just funny stories. There's some there's some drama in there, too, but um, I hope people will pick it up and laugh and, and have a good time. I'm really proud of it. I've worked so hard on it over the quarantine, and uh, I... I think it's really, really good. So I can't wait. And it'll, it should be up for pre-order within the next like month or two. But awesome. uh, right now, tentatively, it's like the uh, March of 2022. Awesome. Publishing is so slow. It's like, an, <laughs> it's such a slog. It's like, yeah, <laughs> the book is pretty much done, but there's so much like stuff that uh, other stuff that slows it all up, but it's, yeah. it's done. And I'm really, I think it's good. Awesome. It'll go right next to our New Jersey cutting board. <laughs> and can I come back when it's out? Oh, and, absolutely. And beg people to buy it. Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. You could just spend the okay. whole time just begging. That'd be great. Okay, cool. I think the audience would love it. Um, so, there's I mean, a, there's a lot of Mariah references in there. Perfect. Oh, and we can like act out the short stories. Okay. That's, that's an idea. Are all, all the short <laughs> stories involving three people? Because that's how many cast yeah, members we'll, we have. <laughs> we'll act them out and yeah. we'll do a whole scripted thing. But also, I have to say, like, we're trying to figure out the title because. It's been a whole ordeal, and so you, we I send uh, title suggestions over to my editor all the time. And um, for a while, I was just sending like Mariah lyrics, and then I was like realizing, oh, that's where I'm getting that from. You know? Like I can't, <laughs> I can't steal a Mariah lyric for I, my title. I but. did that when I was in high school. I put out an album that enforced my friends to buy it under the name Daryl, which is my first name, and I titled it "Slipping Into Dream." And like after I put it out, I was like, oh, that's a <laughs> lyric. That's like in Crybaby, <laughs> like. So we've all been there. <laughs> uh, one of my titles, I want, I want it to be like uh, kind of hectic inside, I think was like a, a title. Or, That's a great 
And I was like, this is so genius. Like, this is so good. And then I was listening to fantasy and I'm like, oh, that's Uh, where I I literally lifted a lyric from her. Iconic. I mean, I still think it's a good reference. I don't know if she'd sue you, but I I love it. Yeah. I mean, we would get it. Yeah. She let you have did it. Not get it. The publisher did not approve it. Interesting. Well, all right, Danny. Well, where can everyone find you if they're not already following you already? I'm at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. And then Everything Iconic is my podcast. You can get it on uh, Spotify, Apple, or wherever. I always hate to say wherever you get your podcast. It's such a lame thing to say, but you know, it's true. It it's is a true. Fact. There are so many different places. You can't name them all. Thank you guys for having me. I love you both. And hopefully we'll get to do this again soon. Or you guys can come back on Everything Iconic. Yes. And we'll we'll have some fun. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you so much. The great first interview. We're going to keep doing them. We love it. A plus. <laughs> you guys did good. A plus. Oh, thanks. <laughs> good, thank God. You know, we were working, I was working on my talk show host skills. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're back. We're back. Oh, wasn't that a joy? Oh, I loved it. I didn't listen to it yet. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I've listened to it. I'm re- and it is I remember. A joy. I remember Danny what is great. happened. I'm Danny's so, awesome. He's such a great guy. Yeah, it's great to see him. Um, it was great to hang out with him, even yeah. if it was via Zoom. Hey, it still counts. It still counts. It still counts on 2021. That's hanging out with a friend. Exactly. We're doing a podcast together over Zoom. It's hanging with a friend. Yeah, <laughs> and we're like interviewing like the big, the big, I big, know. big people about God. important topics That's like us. like which season of Housewives to. Do you, <laughs> to, do you think to, I'm more Barbara Walters or Diane Sawyer? Oh, interesting. Mm. I don't know. You're yeah. definitely not Barbara Walters. Why not? I, I don't think you're there yet. <laughs> don't give me that look. You should have seen his look. And my skill level? Yeah. Wow, rude. Look, look, okay. Look, okay, this is Barbara Walter. And and Diane Sawyer's obviously nothing to snuff at, but like even Diane Sawyer Sawyer would like bow down to Barbara Walters. Mm-hmm. You know, Barbara Walters, no one is at her level. Mm-hmm. Literally no one is at her level in terms of journalism. Okay. So we I have a long think. way to go before I, either of us are Barbara Walters. I just found that hurtful. Oh, well, is all well, I'm saying. You know. Okay, well... I, I'm just being brutally honest with you. Great. What's been giving you moments, Matt Steele? <laughs> um, well, first of all, if you saw our video this week, we reacted to uh, Aaliyah's last two albums. Yes. And I have to say, I have been playing that last Aaliyah <laughs> album on loop, self-titled, I The Red you. Album. It is so excellent. It's so good. So excellent. I know. I, like, as time goes on, I'll probably be like, this is, like, one of my favorite albums ever. Like, it's, I think it's so great. But watch our video for my thoughts on that, for yep. more in-depth thoughts. Um, so, guys, I'm sure this is some people's favorite era of Two Gay Mats podcast, and, but most people's least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning mine. My least favorite. Because, guys, it's time for Big Brother. <laughs> Big Brother season is upon us again. The cast list was just revealed and CBS has promised a more diverse cast a more a cast that would be more likely to backstab and draw blood and fight and war against each other and it seems like that is happening how the, many gays how many gay I feel like there's well there's one that's a definite there's a Derek <laughs> okay. there's a Derek who's definitely gay and I feel like 
another there's another gay guy but I, it keeps jumping around on who it might be oh but i could be completely wrong um and it could just maybe just be derek um but so i'm i'm just going to talk about like a reason why i love the cast so much you can tell there are some that are typical Big Brother fair. It's just like, oh, you're a model and you've only seen season 16 because that is the season they make you watch in Sequester um, just by going by their interview questions. But there are two cast members. One is a, a woman named Aza or Aza. I totally forget. And she, her fa- in like the interview I read the first question was, who is your favorite duo in the house? And she said, June and Allison, Big Brother 4, which was literally like almost 20 years ago, guys. So she is diving deep. She is a true fan. And any woman that says June and Allison is their favorite duo, I'm totally down for because it means they will are a woman who will stick with an all girls alliance. But I would say like all of the girls were all and even some of the guys were like, we need to get out the like strong men first. Wow. Which they never say that. And because they never do that in the show, like the strong men stick around forever. And so I'm like, okay, this is the year they're doing it. But okay, there was there's already some cast drama, which I love in a (laughs) preseason. Uh, so when the cast list was first announced, there was a guy named Garrett and he had like long curlyish hair mm. and then the cast list went down and then the cast list went back up and Garrett was gone. Oh, and there was a man named Christian who also had curly hair, long curly hair. And people were like, what happened to Garrett? So no one knows what happened with that yet, but like it sounds dramatic. So it's exciting. <laughs> it was just exciting to us. But there was a, uh, a contestant by the name of Christy. Who was bald She has alopecia And so she's bald And it was like Oh she's this is exciting And she's like a model She does a lot of charity work uh-huh. And everything Well then yesterday In the middle of the day It was in the And you know She did her interview And everyone's like Oh she seems cool um, Her answers were like A little newbie basic But mm. like it's fine She seems like a cool person um, In the middle of the day It was announced Someone who you've gotten to know Over the past couple days In these interviews Is no longer a cast member um, and they are being replaced with someone else and more to come. And so it turns out uh, it was announced later in the day that Christy w- would be the one who would be replaced by a girl named Claire. And they sh- showed Claire's picture and Claire just looks like your everyday cute girl, real cute, nice smile, like not like a supermodel or right. anything. And I looked at her and I was just like, that's a fucking star. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Why? I love it when it's just like a very just regular looking person on the show. Cause I'm just like, they are either insane or insanely smart. And as time has gone on, we discover Christy is no longer on the show because she tested positive for COVID. Oh no. It's that sucks. Even though she has like no symptoms or anything, but people are like, oh, just put her on Big Brother 24, you know, <laughs> which is going to be next summer. Um, so that's a, a huge bummer for Christy. But Claire, it turns out, is a massive, massive Big Brother fan and like very into like Big Brother Twitter and everything. Mm. And she in college would host like Survivor themed parties where like like we sort of had yeah. like, it was like a 24 hour game of Survivor or something. So she's very into this thing. Apparently she according to her friends, she wrote a 70 page book on how oh to win God. Big Brother and is like brought that with her. And it's filled with all different scenarios and everything. So like this girl is a fan. And she also in her interview was like, 
love June and Allison. Mm. And so I'm just like, oh my God, I hope her and Aza or Aza, whatever, become a team. But we are all going nuts over Claire because she's like one of us. Like she's <laughs> one of the fans. And I hope we, she doesn't play too hard, right? I she gets know that's the like the worst. We're all just like, she's going to play too hard, too fast, <laughs> and like be the first out. But for the time being, we are going to stand Claire okay. so hard. We love Claire. Rooting for Claire. We're ready. There's also a girl named Sarah who's like a forensic scientist, but also does like, uh, what's it called, where you dress up as different characters? Cosplay. Oh, yes. And she it seems really weird. I can't wait to <laughs> hang out with her. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just really excited for the new Big Brother season. I hope they've made a lot of changes because last season was so terrible. Mm. Uh, and I'm just really looking forward to it. All You'll right. know what I'll be doing Wednesday night. I do. I have a feeling I know. Yes, I'm ready and I'm excited. <laughs> okay, well, um, I just need to tell you, everyone, that I watched that gay Disney movie and it was cute. <laughs> It's not even gay. It's gay. Okay. I mean, it's... We're talking about Luca, Luca, of course, yes. So this is a movie that uh, is based in Italy, and there are these two sea monsters who, apparently when they get out of the water, the sea monsters become visibly human, but when they get water splashed on them, they start looking like sea monsters. That's the whole thing. So... The whole time as they're like entering into this new town, they have to like hide their true selves and make sure that no one sees their true selves or they'll turn on him. And they, go, they, they don't get wet. They don't get wet. Or everyone will see who they really are. Mm. And there's nothing worse for a gay. I mean, excuse me, <laughs> a sea monster uh, and for people to see who they really are. Ah, uh, Yes. It just is. I mean, I don't want to spoil it all for you, but it's an adorable, adorable movie. I love the animation of it. I feel like it's very cartoony, especially in like the mouth area. I don't know. I feel like it's very beautiful to look at the trans between human and sea monster are really good. There's a lot of great voice actors in it. Maya Rudolph is the mom. Jim Gaffigan is the dad. And Jacob Tremblay is Luca. I didn't realize. Until, oh my God. I, I had no idea my king of acting, Your Jacob king Tremblay, of acting, yes. is in this movie. Yes. Why didn't they advertise it more? I, mean, I would have been there opening night in the movie theater. Well, wherever you want to see it, it's him. He is the guy. So I'm the biggest Jacob Tremblay stand on the planet. That's guys. true. It's true. He um, is uh, the next Daniel Day-Lewis. Okay. Well, he's a child who acts it's, well. Look, you, we all saw Room. We all saw Room. Yes, and Brie Larson was fantastic. Yes. Yes. And my brother, who doesn't like anything, saw the movie Wonder, and he was just like, that kid's excellent. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> all right. Well, then I guess you got to see Luca then, because he's also excellent in that. All right. It's a lovely, lovely film. Very well. Like, uh, the cinematography is lovely. Just whoever's doing all the animation there, making the choices. It's great. And the story is really good and strong. I feel like they've created such a nice world for the characters to live in. I just can't talk about it enough. It was a very sweet and moving watch. And it was it was just more than a little gay. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> We love movies that are more than a little Exactly. Gay. That's what I'm looking for in movies. Yeah. So not too gay. Not too gay. Not but too gay. But more than a little. But more than a little. <laughs> Just kidding. We love movies that are way too gay. I mean, come on. Devos. Available I, now. Got Devos available now on Amazon Prime. Yes. Um, all right. So is there anything else we want to tell the people before we sign off for the day? I don't think so. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you to Danny Pellegrino for joining us and bestowing his wisdom and wonder upon us. We, we love you, Danny Pellegrino. We love you, Danny Pellegrino. And we love all of you. We'll be back next week with more Two Game Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.